This is the Evangelical Church of Bermuda's weekly sermon podcast. Thank you for joining us. Here is this week's sermon. If you have your device or your Bibles, uh, turn with me to Proverbs chapter 7. We're going to be reading Proverbs 7, 24 to 8, 31. Proverbs 7. And now, O sons, listen to me, and be attentive to the words of my mouth. Let not your heart turn away aside to her ways. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she, has she laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates in front of the town, at the entrance of the portals, she cries aloud. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. Hear, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right for my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. Take my instruction instead of silver and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence, and I find knowledge and discretion. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Pride and arrogance in the way of evil and perverted speech I hate. I have counsel and sound wisdom. I have insight. I have strength. By me, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles all who govern justly. I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold, even fine gold, and my yield than chosen silver. I walk in the way of righteousness, in the paths of justice granting inheritance to those who love me and filling their treasuries. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up, at the first before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. When he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep. When he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command. When he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him, like a master workman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, 
rejoicing his, in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Let's pray. Mighty God and Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the truths of this song that we just sung that oftentimes we forfeit a peace and a comfort and just a blessing from you because we fail to come to you in prayer. Pray, Father, that that might be our first thought, our first reaction is to come to you and find that solace that you can provide. Father, we know that there are many that are having spiritual challenges, but Father, this morning I'd like to focus on those that are having physical challenges. We pray for Brenda Marshall for Doreen Roberts, for Sally Corday, for Aileen Lewis and Barbara Ferris, for Leela Medeiros, Eddie Correa, Sue Manas, and Julie Murdoch, for Linda Da Silva, Glenn Mello, Tony Harkness, Cassie Manas, Sarah Westhead, for Mark and Betsy Hitchcock, and for any others that uh, we're not aware of, but Father, we're grateful that you know each and every individual's need. We ask, Father, that you would pour out your mercy and your grace to each of these individuals. We pray, Father, that you'll draw them close to you with cords of love. Help them, Father, to uh, do as the song said, to come to you with their um, cries, and that you would provide that comfort and peace that you and you alone can provide. And Father, we ask that you might uh, also now uh, meet us in our spiritual need. I pray that you'll Help Pastor Paul, help him not to stumble, but help him, Father, to declare your word confidently and um, profoundly that we might uh, be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Father, we are, we are grateful to be able to open your word freely in this country. And so, Father, would you give us ears to hear, hearts to understand, through your spirit we pray. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. All right, we have a, a few new people here as well. And so if, if you're new, welcome. I'm, I'm Pastor Paul, and um, we're glad you're all here today. Well, I hope you have your Bible or your device open to the end of Proverbs chapter 7 through to, uh, through to most of chapter 8. Last week we looked at Lady Folly's profile. And this week, we're going to look at Lady Wisdom. This is poem number 14. Next week, we're going to look at the conclusion of our series uh, of, of Proverbs 1 through chapters 1 through 9, in which we look again at Lady Folly and Lady Wisdom one more time. It's sort of like, it's, it's sort of like the, the dating app, right? You, you had, we had Lady folly, we had Lady Wisdom, here's their profiles, and, and now we get a little commentary on them both. Which one are you going to choose? Okay? And if it wasn't clear yesterday, and if it wasn't clear today, it will be crystal clear next week who you should choose. We don't want to attach ourselves to Lady Folly. In fact, the first four verses of our poem stress that point uh, before Lady Wisdom takes the stage here. Let, let me just read you those. 724. And now, O sons, listen to me and be attentive to my words, to the words of my mouth. 
Let not your heart turn aside to her ways. That's Lady Folly. Do not stray into her paths. For many a victim she has laid low, and all her slain are a mighty throng. Her house is the way to Sheol, going down to the chambers of death. And we, we heard that last week, but once again, once again in, in Proverbs, repetition is the best teacher. Repetition is the best teacher. You, you have to watch yourself when you get tired of, of coming to church, of doing your regular quiet time, your regular Bible reading, hearing the gospel. You, you have to watch yourself. Don't, don't, we don't ever spiritually arrive in this life. We need to be continually hearing from God. And the reality is, we often need to hear the same things over and over and over again. Sometimes I feel that way when I'm preparing. I'm like, this is just another message repackaged about the Lord Jesus Christ and the wonderful gospel, the wonderful good news of, his, of the salvation that he brings us through grace alone. But then I'm reminded, no, I, I need to hear it, and so do all of us. Right? So when you, when you find yourself in that space of getting tired of hearing it, talk to yourself. Talk to yourself like, like the psalmist does. How, you know how he talks to his soul? Say, what, what is it, Lord? Why am I tired right now of hearing this? What, what is it that I need to be reminded about this morning? Or, or talk to God himself. Father, what, what are you trying to teach me that I'm not being receptive to right at this moment? What, what, what is it? Give me ears to hear and, and a heart that, that's fertile, ready to implant the, the, the seed of the word of God. If you remember from last week, we saw that Lady Folly was, was four things. Right? She was attractive, aggressive, deceitful, and inviting. And we're going to touch on all those qualities again in comparing these two, these two women. We'll find some duplicate, duplicates, and, and the reason for that will become clear. So instead of arranging the text around Lady Wisdom's qualities, we're going to look at three things about her. What she says, what she gives, and where she's from. What she says, what she gives, and where she's from. All right, let's look at the first thing we notice about Lady Folly, or sorry, Lady Wisdom, what she says. Let me read verses 1 to 3 in Proverbs 8. Does not wisdom call? Does not understanding raise her voice? On the heights beside the way, at the crossroads, she takes her stand. Beside the gates, in front of the town, at the entrance of the portal, she cries aloud. So what, what we notice here is, is that she's bold. She's bold. She, she places herself in a, in a position to be seen and heard, and then she speaks up. Right? There, there, and there's no picture, like in the other profile, of darkness here. She is in the light. 
she is fully visible, nothing to hide. And now she, she speaks to us. We, we get this first person now. Verse 4 and 5. To you, O men, I call, and my cry is to the children of man. O simple ones, learn prudence. O fools, learn sense. So she, she is bold, but not aggressive. Not aggressive like Lady Folly. She, she doesn't throw herself on you. She doesn't seem to, to seize us and, and kiss us like Lady Folly. Do you remember that? She, she grabs a hold of us and just embraces us and kisses us. Instead, she uses only her words. But she uses her words differently than Lady Folly. Lady Wisdom's words don't flatter. We often correlate flattery with, with love. But it's not love. Flattery is just telling someone what they want to hear. It's actually a form of deception in order to get you to give them what they want. Right? Lady wisdom is, is truthful. She's not deceitful. Look what, she, look what she calls us. This is how truthful she is. Oh, simple ones. Oh, fools. Remember we talked about that at the beginning of our series? Right? We, we don't like to be called simple. We don't like to be called fools. But that's what we are on our own, apart from God and apart from others who are walking with God. Lady Wisdom, Lady Wisdom doesn't butter us up. She gives it to us straight. She says what we need to learn from her if we're going to be wise. And that's why she follows up with this in verses 6 to 9. Here, for I will speak noble things, and from my lips will come what is right. For my mouth will utter truth. Wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are righteous. There is nothing twisted or crooked in them. They are all straight to him who understands and right to those who find knowledge. You, you may not like being called simple or foolish, but she speaks, she says what is right and true. There, there's nothing twisted or crooked in her words, and that's the opposite of Lady Folly. Lady Folly will only tell you what you want to hear. She's just itching your ears. Lady Folly is deceitful. Lady Wisdom is truthful. And most of us would say that, that we want the truth. But like in that iconic movie, we can't handle the truth. So we trade the truth for what we want to hear. But that will never help us. It's also, it's also hard to speak the truth to people because of that fact. Speaking the truth, you see, puts us in danger of being rejected. But 
if we are to be conformed into the image and likeness of God's Son, Jesus, we have to be open to hear the truth about ourselves. And we have to be able to speak the truth in love to others. Many of you struggle with speaking the truth in love to others. And I understand that. It, it is difficult. The best way to change that is to learn to hear and receive truth about ourselves. See, when, when we are open to hear the truth about ourselves, we, we become experienced in receiving truth. And we also reap the benefits of receiving truth. That, in turn, plants the desire in our hearts to tell, tr to tell truth to others. And so that they can experience the same benefits that we do. Even though it might be awkward or hard or difficult. That idea of the benefits of truth is what's found in our, in our second point. What she gives. That's, that's found in, in verses 10 through 21. What does Lady Wisdom give? Well, this verb take gives us a good clue right in verse 10. Take my instruction instead of silver, and knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than jewels, and all that you may desire cannot compare with her. So she, she, gives, she gives instruction, she gives knowledge, she gives wisdom, she gives herself, right? She's the personification of wisdom. She gives herself, and that is valuable. So she is attractive. She's attractive like Lady Folly, but her attractiveness is genuine. She doesn't, she, doesn't have to, she doesn't have to wear makeup because she doesn't need to hide any blemish or imperfection. She is more valuable than silver or gold. Right? The idea is that whatever you're holding on to that you think is more valuable than wisdom, let it go. Loosen your grip. And take hold of Lady Wisdom because she is better. I, you know, I, I thought of a, a kind of an interesting example of why wisdom is better than silver or gold. <laughs> Statistics actually show that about 70% of lottery winners end up losing all of their money. Isn't that incredible? Like 70%. The two main reasons, bad investments and lavish living. Right? You see, without the, the wisdom of knowing how to handle that money, they didn't grow into it, it just all dumped on them. Without, without that wisdom, they don't know what to do with it. There's no plan, they, and, they, and they lose it. And they lose it. Much better if they had won wisdom first, <laughs> and then the lottery. Wisdom is always better than silver or gold or anything else that you're trying to hold on to. And God's wisdom is the best wisdom of all, and we'll see that at the end of our passage today. And so, you may be holding on to something that you think 
is better than God's wisdom. You think you've got a better way than God's ways. And it's hard to let it go. And, and the world is confirming it for you. No, that, that is the way. Hold on to that. Let, let, me, let me encourage you, if this is you. Don't focus on what you'll be losing. That's too often what we think about. Instead, focus on what you'll be gaining. Tell, tell yourself, Tell yourself, when it's hard to follow God's ways because maybe they go way against the way of the world or just the way that you see things, tell yourself, better than jewels, better than anything I desire. Better than jewels, better than anything I desire. Trust God and let it go. You, you won't be losing anything. You'll only be gaining much, much more. Look, look what wisdom hates. Verse 13. The fear of the Lord is hatred of evil. Wisdom hates evil. From our memory verse, you know, for this uh, scripture series, which is found on the front of your little half sheet, by the way. From that verse, we know that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge or wisdom. But we also see the inverse to this. The fear of the Lord is also hatred of evil. Hating what is evil. We are to love wisdom so much that we hate evil. Right? You, you may hate that you love something that is evil in the eyes of the Lord. You're in good company. The Apostle Paul felt the same way. Right? You wish you hated it, but, but you just, you don't. You keep going back to it. Learn to love the Lord and his wisdom. You, you, can't, you can't practice to hate something, but you can practice to love something. Love the Lord in his wisdom, and you, will, and you will naturally begin to hate the evil thing that you love. Lady Wisdom has one requirement. The only requirement is that we love her. Verse 17, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. This, this verse has echoes of, of the beginning of Deuteronomy. Specifically, chapter 6, verses 4 and 5. These verses became part of, of daily Jewish prayer, traditionally. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. This is found right at the beginning of Deuteronomy because the rest of that book contains sermons from Moses pleading to Israel not to repeat the mistakes of their fathers as they entered the promised land. He knows they're going to be tempted to have a king just like all the other nations have a king. And they're going to be tempted to, to make a graven image 
that they can bow down and worship to, that they can tangibly see instead of worshiping the all-powerful, invisible God. Moses reminds God's people that there is only one God, Yahweh, and they are to love him and diligently seek him with all their heart. Just, just like there is no other God, right? All, all the other gods are not really gods. They're just graven images. Just like there's no other God, there, is, there are no other forms of wisdom apart from God. And so Lady Folly here is an imposter. The world's wisdom is not wisdom at all, but that's how it masquerades. Don't be fooled by her. Love God. Love his wisdom, and you will be loved in return. Lady Wisdom is the real deal when it comes to her beauty and what she offers you. She doesn't lead you to the grave. She leads you to life. Why is she the real deal? Well, that leads us to our third point, where she's from. Verses 22 through to 31. This is where Lady Wisdom is from. Let me read this section to you. This is a, this is a beautiful section, starting in 22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his work, the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there was no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountain had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields or the first of the dust of the world. When he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit so that the waters might not transgress his command when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Lady Wisdom is from eternity past. She existed before anything was created. The book of Job, another wisdom book, in that book, God speaks to Job out of the whirlwind after much discussion with Job and his friends concerning the reason for Job's suffering. And God says this in Job 38, verses 2 through 4. Who is this that darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Dress for action like a man. I will question you, and you make it known to me. Where were you when I laid the foundation of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. The passage goes on describing the things in the beginning that Job had no understanding of because he wasn't there. But while Job was not there, we see someone was there. Lady Wisdom was there. She describes herself as a master workman or architect. Lady Wisdom 
is a personification. She personifies God's wisdom in his magnificent act of creation. She's not an actual woman standing there making stuff at the beginning. Her, her, her or, or her, her logic, her knowledge, her wisdom is how the world really works because she was the master architect of all that we see and all that we don't see. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and, and the earth was, we're told the earth was empty and, and void or without form. But God created order and purpose in the earth. I, I wonder why God would create a, a, a chaos and then speak it into such beautiful order. Perhaps it's because it would be a picture of what we need in our lives. We're created by God, but without his eternally wise words penetrating our lives, we will live in chaotic in a chaotic state outside of the harmony intended by God. That's what happened in the beginning. After everything was created and everything was very good and in perfect harmony, Humanity stopped listening to the wisdom of God and did what was right in their own eyes. That's a theme that runs through the Bible as well. Humanity seems to keep doing what is right in their own eyes. And that's what we, we, we read about Eve. She looked at the fruit, the forbidden fruit, in the Garden of Eden, because she was deceived. She gazed at it, and it became a delight to her eyes, and she desired to be made, and she desired to be made right apart from God. And Adam followed suit, and both were exiled from the garden. And now life would be hard, and, and death was a reality, both physical death and spiritual death, a separation from God. It, it's important to remember that, that, that wisdom, you see, is external to us. It cannot be found outside of God. And if we, as humanity, have been separated from God, we are fools, and we are bound for destruction. But, Lady Wisdom points us towards something specific, a Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, Jesus is shown in the Bible to be in the beginning as well, from eternity past. John 1, 1 to 3. In the beginning was the Word. This is the word down in verse 14 that was made flesh and dwelt among us. This is Jesus. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus is the creator. So he knows how everything works. He knows the purpose of design for everything. 
no wonder Christ is called both the power of God and the wisdom of God. Listen to the reality of Jesus as the creator in Colossians 1.14. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. You were created for Jesus. How often does that thought cross your mind? It doesn't cross my mind enough. Listen to the last two verses in Proverbs 8, uh, in our section, verses 30 and 31. Then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight. Rejoicing before him always. Rejoicing in his inhabited world and delighting in the children of man. Jesus was beside the Father in perfect unity and continual delight. And for our sake, he left his Father's throne above and clothed himself with humanity. Further, he willingly subjected himself to the cross where he would painfully and tragically lose that perfect unity and delight with the Father by suffering the wrath we deserve for our foolishness that all stems back to the Garden of Eden and our desire to be wise in our own eyes. All who will receive Jesus as their only hope and salvation will be brought out of spiritual death and into life. A life that is filled with the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Genuine wisdom and knowledge. And just think, if, if Jesus can create this amazing world, how much more amazing will be, will be his work for those who answer his call and trust him as the only way, the truth, and the life? We can only imagine. He is the only one who loves us enough and who is capable enough to fix our foolish hearts and give us the wisdom we need for this life and for the life to come. Praise the Lord. Let us pray. Our Father, thank you that this chapter exists to show us through the personification of wisdom, Jesus Christ. 
the power of God and the wisdom of God. Forgive us when we live in a way that is right only in our own eyes. Father, we are easily deceived, not only by others, but even by our own hearts. And so, Father, convict us of the things that that we need to let go of in order to love you, O Lord, and to love your ways, to love your wisdom. And help us to understand that it only begins through a Savior, Jesus Christ. And it only continues through a Savior, Jesus Christ. So help us to to love him as he has loved us. Thank you for that mercy and grace that was poured upon us. Undeserving, foolish, sinful people. We are grateful and thank you that, that all who come to him as the way, the truth, and the life will have life abundant for all eternity. We are grateful in the name of Jesus our Lord. Amen. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information, check out our website at ecb.bm. Join us again next week for our next podcast.